is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch into this edition of the program. It's... um, going to be a little different because we're sort of shuffling co-hosts a bit. Well, we're shuffling one co-host. Julia is joining us tonight because uh, tomorrow night, where she normally joins us, she will be having to go to her actual job that pays her. <laughs> so, Unlike this one. Yeah. So she's here tonight. And uh, our number is 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Dive in right into the phone calls. And let's start with Rob in Georgia on the amplifier line. Hello, Rob. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Well, uh, when um, I think when uh, when Eric from Michigan called in and uh, he was talking about working within the system and stuff, one of the things he touched on was private communities such as Ave Maria. And uh, then later on, I think when Nick was uh, guest hosting uh, whoever does the real estate, mm-hmm. um, Someone else called in and touched on restrictive covenants, and Eric was talking about what if the whole world was privately owned by these places that had various restrictions. And um, I think that that is actually something which is rather important to talk about when we start talking about a world without government. Right. Just to um, just to recap what he was saying, uh, he had, we were talking about how government has this dominion over uh, over this land and demands payment and that sort of thing. And he said, well, you know, what if you had your little free market world and every single inch of land was, in essence, what like Ave Maria is, this Catholic town down in Florida. It's completely privately owned. You have to consent in order to uh, in order to live there. Uh, he said, well, what if every area was owned like that? Uh, wouldn't that essentially be the same situation? Was what he said, I think. Yeah, that's that, that's 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 the gist I definitely got from it. And actually, one of the things which um, which you said um, with the second caller, um, the one uh, when uh, when Nick was was co-hosting, um, was you know if the if the if the property was covered by these covenants, you know you just have to be aware of that ahead of time. Now. This is actually a thing which is kind of confusing to people, and it was actually very confusing to me until very recently, until someone actually explained it to me. Okay. Uh, you cannot... See, the thing is, when you're going and you're doing a contract with someone, who is... who? What are the, 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 the parties involved in the contract are the people. So if you go and buy something from Ivy Maria, you are buying it from the owner. Your agreement is with that person. A property, a piece of land cannot be bound by a contract. It is not an entity which can make a contract. Okay. People make contracts. So property really, you, so, so it's really a mistake to think of the property as being restricted. No, it is two people who are agreeing upon restrictions which they are voluntarily placing upon the property. And that's point. actually a very, that's a very important distinction to make because one of the things which ends up being so troublesome and one of the things which always happens with government is that essentially, even if you, if you were to try to accept the legitimacy of government, what you're essentially accepting is that there is some sort of a, there is some sort of a contract between dead people and living people. <laughs> because you're assuming that the, the land is what's under contract rather than it's a, being a meeting of the mind. Gotcha. So, so that's a very important thing to, to distinguish because, see, one of the things that will happen is in a place even like Ave Maria that, that 
you're making an agreement with whoever owns that property now that you're going to you're going to handle it in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a party in a contract dies, there's nothing. That, I mean, who who can be harmed by the changing of the contract rules because the original people who made the contract are no longer around. Now, in the case of so, an Ave Maria, it's probably going to be a board of people, so it's not going to be I'm one sure, person. I'm I'm sure there. I'm sure there will be. So, so that's one of the reasons why I, when I, when we were talking about Ave Maria a while back, one of the points I made is that a person who buys that sort of property has to realize they are not in the most in the strictest sense a private property owner. They are buying into a communal system. Mm. So they are they are share they are, they are they are going into a shared ownership sort of scenario, and that is something which is very important to to understand. Now, one of the things which I believe does need a bit more development of thought among libertarians is what of a situation in which one one buys a piece of property which is covered by some sort of a restrictive covenant Mm -hmm. um, and you have this sort of homeowners association type thing are you subject to rules which they then make? Because a lot of these contracts say that sort of thing. Right, now, they're open-ended. Exactly. They're open-ended where uh, the, the rules can be changed at any time, and you just have to be notified of it, and if you don't like it, well, too bad. Yeah, and, and, and my, my own opinion right now, at least, is that those sorts of contracts are actually invalid according to libertarian theory. I don't believe that that sort of thing, because, because in that sort of situation, if that sort of a contract is valid, then absolutely you could have essentially the, the same effect as government over time. I mean, over, over the course of multiple generations, the entire world would essentially have a government, and it would, be, it would have some sort of cloak of libertarian legitimacy. And I just, I, that, that, I, I think that all of those things, and I don't think that that sort of a contract is valid any more than a contract to sell yourself into slavery is valid, although there is one prominent libertarian who does believe that that sort of contract is valid. I that's believe that's valid. Block. Yeah, what's wrong Walter with that? Walter Block, Block believes you. No, no, because you can't sell yourself. No, selling yourself into slavery means, means that essentially if in the future you decide that you no longer wish to work, that person can force you to work. It's not the same thing as agreeing to work for them. So... So, and one of the reasons why Murray Rothbard considered that to be an invalid contract is because even though uh, property is alienable, the will, a human will, is not alienable. So that, so that you can't sell your intentions. That, hmm. that, um, so well, that I like the, I like the idea of uh, selling your your servitude um, because. Uh, in a case where – what was the situation we were talking about this in? It was a, a debt case. Like, for instance, if you've got somebody who's just so awful uh, at, uh, at paying back their debts or whatever, and they've, they've ruined their credit score, they've ruined their reputation, and they want to turn around their life, uh, they could go theoretically into a, a bank or lending institution and essentially t- – throw themselves upon the mercy of the bank and say, look, you know, I'm willing to put my life and my freedom on the line here if you'll just give me this one loan, uh, basically uh, essentially putting his, uh, his liberty on the line, on signing, a, signing away his liberty if indeed he defaults on the loan, at which case then the bank would have the right to repossess him as an asset and uh, essentially put him into a work camp if he doesn't actually uh, pay off the, the debt as he promised. It would seem that that sort of a promise, that sort of an agreement could give someone in that position something to work with, some sort of, uh, of leverage, and that would, would seem to be valid. Obviously, if they were being coerced into signing an agreement like that, then that would be a, a problem. But if someone was entering into a, 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 a involuntary servitude agreement, like although I guess it would be voluntary servitude. Exactly. That's the thing. 
everything, all of these sorts of agreements are voluntary servitude, even if you're talking about things where you're doing it over a term. But it would be, put it this way, okay, let's say that, that a slavery contract is literally permissible so that you can sell yourself into slavery for someone for whatever terms, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You're selling yourself into slavery. Okay, now you are their slave. You're obligated to essentially be an extension of their will because... We're not talking about someone who's agreeing to do a particular task. Talk about a slave. So you are you are essentially an extension of their will. Now, if that person was to then order you to go out and murder someone and you did it, who is at fault for the murder? If you are literally their slave. Uh, I, I would say that, I don't know literally, but both of you would be responsible for the murder. Both of you would be responsible. Yeah, I mean, I think because you, you, like you said, your will can't be inalienable. Um, um, but uh, I would guess that if indeed we were in this sort of a situation where people could sell themselves in that way, I presume that those contracts would have provisions to say, well, the things that uh, I will do as your slave will only be restricted to, uh, you know, basic manual labor or whatever it would take to, uh, you know, to to actually generate the income necessary to pay back the original loan. I mean, do you agree? that that would be valid at least to to yeah, have that definitely. Definitely, yeah those sorts of contracts i think would be valid but they have okay. to be somewhat limited in scope all right uh, that's fair enough fair enough thank you uh rob as always fascinating conversation 800-259-9231 i really love having rob on the phone because it's it's a great way to really delve into the the nuggety details he's of, safer talking about slavery than we are too oh uh, that's true uh more on the way the nuggety details of the free market system this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Wiki is there. Over 1,400 pages. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, the Wiki. Head over there, wiki.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course, and uh, you can get interactive, wiki.freetalklive.com. Um, now, uh, for, normally for the SACL CAI ad, we, we read one of their uh, live reads, but I got an email today about SACL that I'd like to read instead, and it's short. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Shane. Uh, just want to let you know that um, one of your main advertisers, SACL CAI, I asked Jason to try to get me some money back from a couple of old customers of mine. I run a small business and figured it'd be worth his. Um, it would not be worth his time to deal with small amounts of money. But he hmm. said he would do it since he heard about. I heard about his company on Free Talk Live. Wow. I thought that it was uh, really stand up of him. I know that you're um, that. I, I know you know that they're good guys, and, and they took you to Vegas and everything, but I thought that I would relay my positive experience with them to you. So, at SACL CAI, you can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. You've got collections that need to be done. They will do it for you. Uh, once again, that's right there at the top of the page at freetalklive.com, SACL CAI. We love those guys. All right, 800-259-9231. Finally, good to have, uh, I think that may be our first, like, customer testimonial here for SACL. For SACL... 
No, that we've I've had a couple of them. I'm sure they have their own testimonials, but as far I, as our listeners. No, I've had a couple um, customers deal with them, actually, oh, okay. and, uh, you know, they, they've all had good experiences. It just Excellent. hasn't been a short little email like that that Got I it. could read on air, and I hadn't even considered doing it up to this point. Now, one uh, organization, one agency that does not pride itself on customer service is your local police department. They are, just aren't interested. Uh, it doesn't matter to them if they give you good service or Some not. police departments probably give better service than others. I'm sure, but it doesn't really matter to them in the long run whether or not it's good They're or not. They're not incentivized in the same Correct. way that a business is incentivized to give customer service. Right. If How's you get, that? If you get bad customer service from the police department, there's nothing you can really do about it. You can file a complaint. At some departments, some won't even allow you to file a complaint. Uh, and that doesn't ever go anywhere. It's just a piece of paper. They put it in a file, and they claim they'll investigate it. Um, so really, there's there's almost no recourse for someone who is very upset at a police department in order to have something made good, in order to even get an apology. You you can't even get these cops, in many cases, to apologize when they pull you over on the side of the road, rummage through all your belongings, tossing stuff out of the car, and then you have to put it all back together again because... Again, they're just unapologetic. Many of them, they just don't care. They uh, they enjoy wielding the power that they have over people. And now we go to Missouri, where there's a perfect example of this going on. St. Louis. According to thenewspaper.com, a young St. Louis, Missouri motorist faces trouble with local police upset at the national attention. His September 7th video of an out-of-control officer is drawn to ongoing problems within area law enforcement agencies. On Sunday, Brett Darrow filmed a St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department cruiser staking out his home. Though I would say a much more appropriate term would be stalking. Because apparently if you're a police officer, it's not stalking, it's staking out and part of the job. Uh, But if you're anybody else sitting in your car creepily staring at someone as they walk around and do their business... You know, that might be considered stalking. Uh, maybe I'm going out on a limb with that term. I think you're a little ways out on a limb. But uh, nonetheless, the uh, the police were monitoring him. And in case you don't recall, we, t- we covered this story uh, last month. And what happened was Brett, who has had an incident with the police before, and the incident he had before prompted him to install a video camera in his vehicle. And so he had a new incident last month where he pulled into a a parking lot, like a commuter lot of some sort. I forget what his intention was when he pulled in there. I don't know, but he wasn't there very long. He parked in the commuter lot. He was there maybe 10 seconds before a cop came up. Cop was also in the lot, and the cop came up, put his lights on, and came out and... Brett's a nice enough guy from what what I can tell. He's he's courteous with the police. He's not rude to them. And uh, the cop comes up and just flies off the handle. Just starts threatening him. It's a 13-minute-long video. Well, we, we couldn't play it. The, the, the young man, Brett, um, you know, sort of asked the cop, what are you stopping me for? Mm-hmm. And uh, the cop didn't like the sound of his voice. It didn't feel that it was, um, you know. How uh, dare you ask me a question? Right. You know? I, I don't know, you know. Um, I, I can see that it's, it's some, in some cases it's really not a good idea to uh, talk back to a police officer. But And he was by himself, too, so big Kudos to him for having the, I guess, cojones to actually engage the cop in this way. So the cop just flies off the handle and threatens him. He says, I could charge you with up to nine things right here. He just make it, he just, the cop was basically saying he could make up up to nine different charges that he could just slap on Brett. You know, the, uh, the old standbys like disorderly conduct and disobeying an officer and just 
the crap they can just make up, whether or not you're actually doing those things. And so that was one of the things. It was probably the most revealing thing in the video is that the cop absolutely revealed that, yes, there are these charges that cops have in their repertoire to just slap against people they don't like. And that was one of the things. And there's 13 more minutes of this cop just yelling and just being rude and obnoxious and completely not serving and protecting. So if somebody didn't believe you, um, what you're saying right now, what, what can they search for on YouTube to find it? You might want to look for uh, for Brett Darrow. At the very least, search Google for Brett Darrow, D-A-R-R-O-W. Okay. Uh, that would be the way to get that video to uh, to come up. But it goes, just goes on and on for 13 minutes, and we couldn't air it on the air because there's this clicking from his radar detector that's constant throughout the video, and it's kind of annoying. Um, but nonetheless, just an amazing video. He posted it online, and so everybody in the world could see it. And this apparently upset some police officers. Darrow told the newspaper it was the first time I'd seen it, but my neighbor said he's seen a lot of police down our dead-end street since all of this happened. When Darrow walked outside to his Nissan Maxima... So now we're working on some hearsay. It's not coming from the um, from Darrow. It's coming from a, a neighbor. Well, the neighbor said that un- they had seen neighbor. other instances. Darrow saw it, uh, saw it firsthand this time. Uh, he walked out to his car. He said he noticed two officers sitting in a marked squad car, numbered 65, and there's little question as to why the officers were there. He explained, as I got into the car, he started to pull up the street, and he and his partner just stared me down. The patrol car drove away as Darrow started his car and followed. Because his camera had been set to capture nighttime footage, the first 45 seconds of the video is obscured. It does, however, capture the police car making questionable turning maneuvers in order to get away. Uh, So what happens is he adjusts the camera so you can actually see as he's driving after these cops. And because they're the cops, they can break the law without any sort of consequence. Right. Uh, so what they do is they turned right onto a street, and as soon as they turned right, they swang a U-turn over like four lanes of traffic, and uh, swang right over swung. They swung a <laughs> U-turn. Heads, I don't know. Swang <laughs> is not a past tense. <laughs> swang. Anyway, they uh, they they pulled the U-turn, and uh, it was an illegal U-turn. It was right over you know the solid lines, right over four lanes of traffic. Obviously, if Brett were to do the same thing, they could have pulled him over for it. So he had to keep driving. Um, But what were they trying to get away from? Hmm? They knew that they were being followed, and they knew they were cops, so they could abuse their authority in order to get away. And so apparently it's okay for them to stake us out, but if you return the favor, then they can break the law in order to get away from you. There's a little bit more here about what these cops were up to. Not just the ones that were sitting out in front of his house, but uh, others in the St. Louis area. Apparently, they got online and had a few words to say about Mr. Darrow. We'll uh, share that with you on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. Features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the list. You can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Repu- 
Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. I'm sure Brett Darrow in St. Louis, Missouri, wishes he had a little bit more liberty. Well, he's free to move around in St. Louis, but not without the police stalking him. We're talking about a a young man who has had an incident with the police in the past. I believe it was at a DUI checkpoint, and he just didn't like the way the police were behaving. You know how they are. Show us your papers. Well, not every cop. You've been like drinking that. tonight. Where does your grandmother live? But, you know, but enough to. of them are that uh, it's a real pain in the butt. Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? Uh, this sort of author- authoritarian. You got demeanor. a problem, right? Uh, this authoritarian demeanor, and so he installed a video camera in his car and and g- had another incident with the cops. Surprise! This surprise. one was with a cop who flew off the handle, uh, started making all kinds of threats. And by the way, the cop I believe was actually fired. This is very unusual. I mean, th- this sh- this should give you an idea of how off the handle this guy was, of how out of control this cop was. The police department actually fired this guy. How often imagine. does that happen? It doesn't ha- it, it hardly ever happens, uh, except in the most extreme of cases. This cop was so out of control, he noticed the video camera and continued on his tirade. <laughs> he did. So I uh, saw it. So they actually fired this cop. You'd think, okay, great. You know, the police department responding to a consumer complaint. He he had the video. He had him dead to rights. They fired the cop, which should have been all over. But no, remember. This is the thin blue line we're talking about, the brotherhood of police. If you don't know this, go and talk to uh, you know, a friend or a family member who is a cop and ask them about the thin blue line. Ask them about the brotherhood. Ask them about you know, how they've got this essentially closed club for cops, and they protect one another. If they, uh, they get in trouble, they, they close ranks, and they stand behind their uh, compatriot, whether or not they actually did what the, uh, the accusation was. The, the, the cops are very good about protecting each other. Unfortunately, uh, that's not good for us because our liberties suffer as a result, and it just helps them increase and hold on to their power. So in the case uh, of Brett Darrow, he started getting stalked by local police officers. Neighbors told him that there were, ever since this incident with a cop that got fired, there were police down the street from him watching his house. And one day he left his house and saw the cops himself. At that point, the cops drove, they, they turned on their engine, they started driving. Actually, you know the cops probably already had the engine on, because it's not their money that they're spending in the gas tank. Uh, Air conditioner works better that way. Right, so they uh, started driving and glared at him as, uh, as he was getting into his car. Brett then got in his car and followed the police. The police took some illegal evasive actions, like pulling a U-turn across four lanes of traffic, uh, in order to to get away from Brett, swang a U-turn. Yeah, they swang it. Uh, <laughs> and so at that point, the story continues because that's not where it's over. He noticed them uh, stalking him physically, but also, according to uh, thenewspaper.com, members of the police community are now on record regarding their desire to stake out Darrow's home and harass the 20-year-old. In late June, users of St. Louis Cop Talk, an unofficial forum for St. Louis area law enforcement, posted Darrow's home address along with messages containing apparent death threats in retaliation for the young motorist's taping of a DUI roadblock in November and a traffic ticket back in June. One Cop Talk user repeating the address wrote, Every copper city and county should etch this little punk's name in their memory. 
Brett Darrow, address deleted, City of St. Louis. And then they actually have a, a capture of the posts, in case you didn't believe them, from this, uh, this cop message forum. This month, however, scandals within the St. Louis Police Department, which otherwise would have been a local story, gathered national attention and fueled additional resentment. Some $40,000 in cash turned up missing from the police evidence room on September 17th. The city of St. George was forced to fire uh, the sergeant for his threat to come up with reasons to lock up Mr. Darrow. An investigation into whether uh, the sergeant's actions merit criminal charges is underway, and Darrow met on Monday with the police department uh, with a police department detective. He says, I quickly learned this was about finding something I did wrong and not the officer. Despite the official harassment, Darrow has... So it's not like they're trying to help this guy. Mm. They're just trying to save face in in the public by firing this detective. So now they're trying to... They're still continuing to uh, to harass him in various different ways. Darrow has been confronted... uh, Excuse me, comforted. He's been... Comforted by an unexpected level of support from the general public. Imagine that. You think the general public might be fed up with this crap, too? Things must be out of control, that police department, for the general public to to, to, to care. I mean, they just generally don't Motorists kind of things. who recognized him from various television interviews have stopped to thank him or give him a thumbs up. A judge also dropped charges from the June traffic stop after a St. Louis police officer failed to show up at a trial where Darrow had been prepared to defend himself with the video evidence. So, just another, uh, just another amazing story, and thank goodness for the internet. You know, this guy was able oh, yeah. to, this guy was able to out this awful cop, and the internet allowed us to find these other awful cops that are out there just tap tapping away at their keyboards. These threats, you know, you better keep an eye on this guy. Here's his address, and even this even wasn't even a threat. This was a conspiracy. Alleged death threats. If you think that this is a one-time thing, go look at cop message boards online. They are. Filled with this stuff. It's scary to look at. When you say filled with this stuff. Well, I mean, all kinds of... Th- I mean, there's all... Anytime a story comes out that's against the police, even if it's a video evidence of mm-hmm. the cops like tasering somebody to death or something awful... Yes, doing they, something blatantly wrong. Yeah, just blatantly wrong. They come out in like a gang and defend their actions. Right. It's not even if it's the same department. I yeah, mean, it's it just, doesn't matter. It could be a department halfway across the country and... They the make co- up all kinds of excuses about how the person was probably scum and the police are just doing their job and it's it's scary to read. The attitude right, of exactly. uh, these police officers. It's not an attitude of to protect and serve. No. If you go to these uh, if you go to these cop message forums and there many of them are open to the public though they do have these private areas where some, only police officers it, can get in. This is only some of the posts, not all the posts are in this um, you know, this vein. It's the vast majority of yeah. them. But the some vast of them majority. Take their power, um, you know, the power, their power goes to their head. There there is the occasional cop that's sort of of a libertarian mindset who will sort of go at these guys simply because no one else is bothering, uh, but the, it's a super they majority. They probably have of cops. stopped doing um, going after them simply because it's a waste of time. It is a waste of time and they don't allow dissenters people who disagree no if you come in there sites, and ask uh, ask questions or they will ban you yeah they don't like people questioning their power anyway 800-259-9231 let's go to the phones to uh, craig and loma linda listening on kcaa hello craig hey you guys hi hey. what's going on 
hey, I saw that uh, I saw that video uh, with with Brett Darrow on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, do you know how he set those cameras up? Like, where were they, and, and what kind like were it. they? Because I think we all need to install those. Yes, I agree. They, um, as a matter of fact, you can go to uh, gadgetuniverse.com, and they have one there. Really? Um, you can a car it. camera? Yes, for your nice. dashboard. Um, this um, is actually sitting behind him. It's right, not on the dashboard. This one appeared to be on the um, like a bench seat or something right in the middle. It looks like it's uh, elevated somewhat. I'm looking at, uh, at a... And he claimed that he had several. Was that bluffing, or did he actually have, like, three in there? I don't know. I, I believe him, though I've only ever seen one angle. I've actually looked for... Um, I haven't done hours looking into this, but I've I've briefly searched for his name to try to find a contact email address for him to maybe get him on the show, because that's right. a question I have for him as well. You know, is this something that the average person can set up? Does it require some level of uh, computing knowledge, that sort of thing? Well, the answer, uh, the short like answer good, uh, is... The the short answer is no, it doesn't require anything. Gadgetuniverse.com. Okay, well, I'm going to check that out because I think that's just as important as getting anything else in your car at this point in history. It absolutely is. I mean, uh, th- this is something that can keep you safe. It can it can help safeguard your liberties and maybe maybe help the cops behave a little bit better because in most cases, the cops will change their behavior when there's a video camera around. That's what was so unusual about Brett's most recent video right. is the cop didn't bother changing his behavior. He just kept on like a, a madman. Uh, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Mark, you should go after those guys for a sponsorship. Are they I paying us them. for that stuff? They are not. All right. 800-259-9231. Otherwise, uh, go to that website and then go to amazon.freetalklive.com and search for the same item and buy it through us. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You heard me mention Amazon a few moments ago. You know our website's for free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. And our site, we, I think, have more for free than those other shows have in their pay sections. So enjoy all of that. It's all on us. Now, if you like the show, we want you to support us by going and shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you start shopping experience there, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. doesn't matter if it's uh, what, whatever category you're shopping in. There's 41 of them to shop in, everything from their huge selection of books to a grocery store now at Amazon. Uh, there's used items as well. We get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Com. Let's continue with the phone calls here. Uh, once again, that's 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. And let's talk to Carvel, listening in Texas on KTAE. Hello, Carvel. Carvel, going once. Carvel, going twice, listening in Texas. All right, we'll put Carvel on hold and now try Kevin in Texas. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, and Mark and Julia. Hi, Kevin. What's Hello. on your mind? I thought for a second y'all got my name wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought you thought I was Carvel for a second. Here Anyways, you are. What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, when I was listening to y'all talk about the, the cops and stuff, and I wanted to tell y'all, I'm only 18. I live down here in Texas, and I was actually thinking for a good while before listening to your show that I wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And listening to this show and research and stuff has definitely helped me change my mind on that. Well, I can't say that I wouldn't like some uh, good liberty-minded police officers out there, but um you know. I can't say that either. I, I've run. I've, I've got to say, I've run across two types of cops in my time. Uh, and w- whenever I go out and I do a world's smallest political quiz, uh, p- a political booth, 
reaching out to people, uh, giving them the world's smallest political quiz, which you can take for yourself at, I believe it's quiz.freetalklive.com. Anyway, um, I find that the police that are willing to take the quiz will fall into two categories. They're either authoritarian statists or they're libertarians. It's amazing. It doesn't. I've never. I don't think I've ever encountered a conservative or liberal cop out there. They're just either one side of the freedom coin or the other side. So, uh, I, you know, why, why did you choose to not uh, pursue that particular path? Well, really, one thing that helped is uh, tomorrow I have to go to the courthouse out here and I have to pay a six hundred dollar ticket that I received Whoa. from. Uh, I'm a security officer at a chemical plant. Mm-hmm. I got pulled over for no insurance, no registration and was stuck with a $600 ticket, and the same cop that stuck me with the ticket said, you know what, you being a security officer, you should go down to the police department, you should join the force. And I'm thinking, these people are going to take my liberties, making me pay for registration insurance, just like the woman, y'all's friend, that got arrested. Her name escapes me. Lauren Canario, yeah. Yes, sir, that's her. That's her. Uh, just all that that y'all are talking about, and it's just, I don't want to be part of that. I've actually... Me and another friend of mine have been considering the Free State Project as well. That's a fine idea. Well, um, (laughs) taking it from another libertarian standpoint, the government owns the roads. um, And, you know, whatever rules they make on their roads, I don't have the biggest problem in the world with, uh, you know, following. There's a lot worse uh, egregious, uh, you know, uh, things that the government does besides making you register your car. Now, I think it's wrong that you need a new colored sticker every year um, on your license plate when your license plate really should just be there to identify the car in the case of a uh, bank robbery or something like that. I don't know why I need a a new sticker every year to bring my number up to date. But, um, you know, not every libertarian is uh, wholeheartedly against car registration. True, but I think a $600 fine is a little bit much. Seems excessive. Have you, um, as a security officer, as someone who's working in the uh, the private security world, have you ever have you ever felt looked down upon by uh, the police? Oh yes, I work I work for uh, let's just say a major oil company, and I'm, I'm simply the gate clerk. But from these big wig oil company people I see going in here, and especially government officials, which I have to treat with the utmost respect, you know, and. Uh, we're prepped for, especially when government officials come through the plants. So, hmm. yes, I, I definitely feel looked down upon. I thought it was maybe because of my age, but I think that just this whole hierarchy that they have, especially in the oil corporations, is a little, it's very obvious. I think that. that I think that that's, uh, that's unfortunate, because while it may be true that the average security job isn't the most exciting, uh, in that there's very little that happens, I think it's a good thing that there's very little that happens, because you guys are providing an important role. I mean, you guys are there 24 hours a day, watching a gate, or watching a neighborhood, or whatever it is that the, the job is, uh, watching a mall, um, and you guys are responsible. You're on the scene at all times, uh, and you're actually responsible for for keeping things safe and and secure, whereas the police they don't have any responsibility. If they screw up, if they don't, you know, if they botch an investigation, if they don't show up on time, nothing can really happen to them. Whereas private security, it they're they're accountable. Yeah. So anyway. Well, sorry. Go ahead. I really appreciate you guys letting me talk on the show. I've been listening for about two months now. Like I said. Great. And I I, I listen to it at work all day. I work twelve hour shifts. I'll download three of y'all shows and listen to them. And I love the Megadeth that you play. <laughs> I love whenever Julia comes on. I just checked out the uh, 
shine a female listener, so I'm definitely going to be a, be an AMP member in probably the next couple of weeks. So cool. you'll be getting an email from me, all right? All right, man. Thanks for the call. We really appreciate yes. it. 800-259-9231. And you know, I think I think that the, the Free State Project idea really probably slowly grows on people, don't you think? I mean, it, he's saying, slo- it slowly grew on me. It, it's going to take some convincing to pick up and move for liberty. Yeah. You know? You have to, you, I have to be sure this is going to happen. Luckily, That's how I would feel. Luckily, the government is doing part of the convincing for us. Yeah. As the government continues to become more intrusive, for instance, you know, he just got that $600 ticket. Uh, it, it, there's going to be a straw that breaks everybody's back. And, the, you know, the question is, how, how long will it take for the government to keep piling on those straws on each individual's life? Let's continue with the phone calls. I believe Carvel is back on the line. We're going to try him one more time. Carvel listening oh. on KTAE. Hello. Oh. All right on. Good evening. First time caller, first time listener, picking you somewhere up out of Texas. Thank you, Carl. I'd like to say, uh, right on. I'd like to say that 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 you know any of us who have been personally infringed upon by a violator, I don't know if we're judging the authoritativeness of that policeman when he shows up at our door. We're all glad to see him. There's no doubt. There's 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 those guys out there. I'd like to I'd like to hope that it's a small percentage we're talking about in saying that. I've got a dear friend in Dallas, Texas, 15 years on the L.A. police force. Mm-hmm. And we have sat at his kitchen table many nights talking about the, the, the lack of blue line. You refer to a thin blue line. That line can be totally dissolved to suit whatever the instance may be at the time to, to protect their, their goodwill, the cops' goodwill. He's, he's told me some absolutely incredible stories. Can you relay one of them involved. here to give me a better idea of what you're referring to? <clears throat> the traffic stop in L.A., I, the, the guy, uh, and this is years ago, of course, the guy jumps out of the car. They go on a foot pursuit. The guy jumps a fence, and the gun is, uh, one of the policemen's gun is discharged, and the 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 uh, the guy that was just running, who was just stopped for a traffic violation, probably had a warrant or whatever. Why else would he be running? Mm-hmm. But he was killed. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I looked at the article. You know, he still carries a newspaper article. And and you know, without saying that that's how it happened. You know, we 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 both look at each other, knowing that you know there's other things involved. So you know, I mean, that's an extreme case. But but obviously, what he's what he has told me many, many nights is, you know, they, Let, they virtually can can do, you know. But this guy's well. Hold on a second. Central, hold on so a second. Let me see if I'm. I, let me try on the same page with you. You're saying this guy was running from the cops on a traffic stop, and a cop executed this man. That's what you're I'm, saying. I'm not. That's not what the newspaper article said. Mm. You know, the newspaper article is is 20 years old. You know, but, right? And he know, discharged what they his weapon. Is the gun discharged? The gun discharged as, as the guys jump in the fence. You know, whether that happens during the struggle or they're in the back alley. I'll tell you, he's got a good lo- he's got good aim with his hip if he's able to kill a man with a, a, a holstered gun. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the point being is is you know the blue line is 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 at their disposal. I'd still like to hope that that, and I've had a few traffic stops. Only one I can remember I didn't enjoy, um, but for the most part. You know, I'd like to hope that that it you know 
percent of these guys are... I'd, I'd agree with are, you entirely. Um, you know, most of the police that I've dealt with, uh, almost every single time I've dealt with police officers, they've conducted themselves professionally. They've been, um, you know, g- good folks. I have, however, dealt with uh, police officers that have been, you know, they've just been trying to... Uh, escalate the situation they were being real jerks and uh, there's absolutely nothing the average citizen can do about right, it. right that's the problem while there are they some, are superior right while there are some good cops out there uh the, the good cops can't really do anything about all the bad cops out there especially because the corruption rises through the ranks and we've talked to lots of good cops who've quit the business because they were sick and tired of dealing with corrupt administrators it's really just it's sick thanks for the call dude we appreciate it hour two is on the way you can take control this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. As we launch into hour number two of the program, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free SACL CAI line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and talk with David in Athens, listening to WAIS. Hey, David, doing great. What's doing? on your mind? Um, I agree with you. I've seen some good cops, and I've seen some bad cops. i got mm-hmm. a solution. The CIT training. What is that? Well, years ago in Memphis, the police were chasing this woman, and she had a mental episode, mm-hmm. and they shot and killed her. Oh, does happen. Huh? It does happen. Yeah, and uh, they decided after right to have the crisis intervention team to, like, instead of escalating the situation, they de-escalated it. So wait a minute, I'm a little confused. You're saying they killed the woman. What is the crisis? What is the CIT? Where did that come in? Uh, after the fact of killing her, they. Decided to put in the training. Oh, I see. So afterwards, they then told the uh, police officers, hey, you know, you need to try to de-escalate a situation instead of escalating it? Yep. Did it make a difference? Yes. Instead of the yelling, like yelling, get down, get down now, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, they go up to the person and say, say... John Doe, and they go, John, how are you doing today? How things with your life? And sort of taking it easier when you're dealing with somebody who's obviously mentally unbalanced, uh, being a little bit more reasonable, being a little bit more safe instead of uh, get, getting on edge and, and threatening and, and putting pe- more people in danger. I think it's an interesting approach, and David, thank you for the call. I think it's the right approach. Uh, yeah, it's certainly better than the old one, uh, though I don't know if that's going to solve the problem of cops being authoritative and cops uh, having an attitude. In fact, Julia is going to share with us maybe this hour, sometime tonight, uh, she'll share with us a story from a website that's devoted to cops sort of complaining uh, to each other. This is sort of a, a cop pity party website where they all get online and they complain about other cops busting them for speeding and that sort of thing. See, they're supposed to have professional courtesy, as they call it, where if you're a cop, you don't get a ticket. 
<laughs> so you can break the law with impunity. Uh, we'll get to that. But uh, again, your calls are primary here. Where's not impunity, ways? but the minor stuff that they they would would give us a ticket for. They won't necessarily give their their brothers in blue right. one. So again, it's the thin blue line. This sort of gang mentality, which uh, we can explore further. But what other things would you suggest might uh, might help turn the police into a, a more friendly organization like? They used to be. I mean, maybe it's just I, I wasn't around for this, and maybe it's all Hollywood flair. But the Andy Griffith show, for Andy Griffith show, uh, where you had peace officers, where they weren't looking to throw everybody in town into the clink. Where Barney wasn't allowed to carry a bullet in his gun. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, what's it going to take to get back to a not necessarily good? Because Barney to... would have shot somebody. You can believe that. <laughs> what's it going to take to get ba- uh, get to police um, our police to the status of being peace officers again, where their their primary directive is to keep Keep the peace. If someone is disturbing the peace, if someone's getting violent, then they will remove that person from the situation and file charges if necessary, but not necessarily go around as fundraising arms for the state, handing out stop sign tickets and speeding tickets. Right. And their first answer isn't pull your gun and take somebody to jail. Their answer is right. to solve the problem. I think that's going to take a little bit more of a fundamental change than just this uh, sensitivity training or this what are the CIT he was talking about. So I think there's a lot that can be done. Um, and, and the number one thing that we can do is, of course, end the war on drugs completely and entirely and as soon as possible. Well, that's, the war on drugs is what's killed the Fourth Amendment. It sure if it has. isn't dead, it's darn close. It's right. dying. It's wheezing. It's on life support. It's given the police the excuse to uh, to kick in people's doors and uh, tr- trash their cars, searching for things. The, the war on drugs needs to end. It'll lo- drastically lower violent crime. It'll drastically lower theft uh, because these are these are some of the crimes that uh, drug addicts engage in. In order to get the, their hands on the money, they need to buy the drugs. And uh, again, ending the war on drugs would put it, put it into the legitimate marketplace where it wouldn't be criminals and gangsters. And, and this that is exactly them. why the police. Speak out against legalizing drugs. Why? Because their budget will go down. That's true. And they don't get to kick in doors anymore. Yeah, that too. Uh, so that needs to go. Some of the other things that can change, obviously, war on prostitution. I don't know if there's really an official war on it, but they certainly go out and they, they spend that, your... They do some stings and they right. put people's names in the paper. Right, they spend your tax, lives. taxpayer dollars in I mean, We just read a story um, recently, I don't know if we got, got this one on air, but about a uh, guy who got uh, arrested for prostitution with his wife in the car. He was, you know, uh, trying to give somebody a ride who he thought was hitchhiking or something. Yeah, that was a bizarro story. I, they they arrested him the even though is, he didn't make a talk, deal with them. If you talk to a police officer who's doing a prostitution sting, and you're the opposite gender, you're going to get charged with prost, uh, you know, soliciting prostitution. I couldn't believe that story when you shared it with me. I think it was off the air, but I'm not positive. Anyway, in essence, the, his wife and he had pulled over looking for directions. They happened to ask uh, directions from a woman who was on the side of the road, happened to be an undercover police officer doing a prostitution sting, the guy never agreed to any sort of sexual um, deal, and I always thought that you could only get arrested after you trade a price for a, an offer. You make it essentially. You say, "Well, you know, how much for a BJ?" And they say, twenty bucks." Okay, you're busted at that point. But you're saying, Mark, that this guy was arrested for simply talking to the undercover cop. That, yes, that's the way the story made it look, at least. It's amazing. I mean, his wife was in the car. He's not going to make a deal with a a prostitute. Although I suppose it could be kinky and do some sort of. Can we like look that. up the story? If you want. A- anyway, that's so the that's one of the other things we can change. So we need to get rid of these consensual crimes. They, you you might not believe this, but there are police departments that investigate gambling. They, friends that get together and they they gamble, they play Texas Hold'em, that sort of thing. These people are under investigation. 
there are there are there are taxpayer dollars being spent to break up penny poker. <laughs> so <laughs> these sorts of things need to stop. And then of course uh, I think Julia, you're running for office here in Keene, New Hampshire. And one of the things you've talked about uh, during your campaign, which by the way has gotten a lot of media coverage recently, uh, was the idea of stop signs. They just need to go away. What but, is the purpose of a stop sign except to give someone a ticket? Yeah, there are a lot of yield signs in New Hampshire, and I really like yield signs because they allow driver discretion, which is what, I mean, we sit here during the show and watch people at this intersection out here in front of the house, and people come to the stop sign, they look, and they see if people are coming, and they keep going. So mm-hmm. most people, including cops, do not stop at these stop signs. Cops, I don't think I've ever seen a cop come to a full stop at a stop no. sign. But they sit here and, and wait for people and give them tickets because it's such an easy way to get a paycheck. Yep. So that's one of the other things that can go. All these silly little uh, authoritarian traffic rules. There's so much that can be changed. And uh, anyway... That's something that we're going to work on here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Of course, we'd love to hear from you about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231 as we continue with the phone calls and talk to Jamie Togeso in Kentucky. Jamie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Uh, hi, y'all, Ben. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, I just, uh, I didn't hear anything. Listen to y'all talk about uh, the corruption and uh, the cops and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know a way to solve it. Okay, what? Uh, well, uh, well, we could, uh, like, uh, so, uh, huh? pay taxes. That's always a good one. Uh, of course, you're going to have a, it's a tough time. It's a, you're going to have a tough time getting people to do that or to rather not do that, uh, because they're definitely afraid of having their houses stolen from them. When it comes to property taxes, that's what's going to fund the police department, uh, at least at a base level. And uh, most people, I I am not paying, I don't pay federal taxes because I don't want any of their services. I don't want any of their garbage. Uh, but I, you know, the the local taxes, I feel it far more, I feel far more in danger from the local government. So I'm far more frightened of not paying those taxes. And uh, so I don't know. You're going to have a tough time getting people on board for that one, Jamie. Am I on air right now? You are. Okay. Uh, um, I, I want to talk about the uh, national ID card coming up. Sure, go ahead. The national ID card is a fraud put on by our government. Our government is a fraud. Someday, people will wake up and see the light. You know why the people haven't seen the light yet? Uh, They got blinders on. Because there ain't no light in them. Ain't no light in... Oh, inside the people? Yeah. How will they get the light in them, Jamie? Uh, Well, turn to God... Oh, but I, but now, wait a minute. I've already rejected the state, and I'm an atheist, so that doesn't make sense. Well, and there's know, a lot of people that are in the state that are believers, that are Christians. Jesus died church. on the cross for us to have a choice. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Jamie. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at one 800 259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Live streams available, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like your will or living trust, in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. As we continue with the phone calls, and talk to Ron in New York. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Ron, New York. Going once. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? It's, it's Don, but... Uh, Hi, Don. Okay. 
What's oh, it's Ron mom? now, soldier. <laughs> you got it. And how do you how do you wake up? Uh, what what is the other the other night you said the CIA? If if you do that, um, you'll wake up dead. I was cracking up. I wish Gart was there. I tell you, <laughs> you'll wake up dead. You don't get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a dead. it's certainly a phrase. What would almost wake? make you believe in the afterlife, wouldn't you? Ian? No, not really. Oh, okay, uh, atheism versus Christianity was a topic last night. It doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. I'm the son of a minister, so, um, but I almost, uh, I'm not an atheist, but I believe God is uh, questionable at best. The book, uh, the book of the Bible that my dad, you know, preached his whole life is a, is a good set of moral guides. I, think I, don't think I've ever sa- I, I don't think I've ever said it's one or the other. Obviously, there are well, a variety of different the, religions the, out there. The caller the other night, and in the, in the conversation, it was atheism versus Christianity was mentioned, and it was just either or. Um, you know, I've gone from somebody who was raised to be a Christian to somebody who believes that you should just take the good moral principles that you read of in the Bible and apply them to life, and, and we're all happy. I, I agree, so, and I think I've said so. I have said so on the uh, show many times. I, I'm like you. I, I've even said there are valuable lessons in the Bible. So, uh, you know, if I if I miscommunicated, then I apologize. I've never... Oh, you didn't. You didn't. And again, so, you know, I just wanted to, to defend your uh, your right to atheism, uh, but I just wanted to make sure people realize you don't have to be one or the other. No, you no. Would you describe yourself in a higher as... Power and, right. and, uh, I don't even deny. I don't even deny that there could be a uh, some sort of a being that is of of a higher power. It seems kind of, uh, it seems really self-centered to believe that uh, humans are the top of the food chain for the entire universe. I mean, obviously we're at the top in uh, in this little planet of ours, but there's a whole lot more else out there, and who knows what what. what some days are better be. than others at being at the top of the food chain. I just sometimes don't... bears and tigers disagree. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, certainly viruses uh, make a good uh, go at it too. Anyway, in general, Mark, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's certainly all kinds of possibilities for the entire universe and what's out there. What I deny is the, uh, the fairy tale that there's, there's this whole Jesus and the singular God and, and all of that Christian nonsense. Um, so, you know, what is there really out there? I don't deem to say that. I just don't believe in the monotheistic God as uh, as most people in this country seem to do. Correct. Um, other issue was adoption versus abortion. Also, I'm an adopted child, so my parents, uh, you know, adopted me at like six months. Mm-hmm. My older brother is also adopted, and our oldest brother is a foster uh, child. So right. I wanted to point out, A, that adoption and abortion that was mentioned the other night um, because of uh, uh, whatever, uh, I believe it was Ron Paul's take on, you know, Ron Paul, uh, you said, uh, offended a lady because he uh, has told people that his personal belief in, in uh, is against abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, being an adopted child, though, uh, i got to tell you, all children who are adopted are not abandoned because they were unwanted. There are many reasons why people are put into foster care or adoption. This is true. Foster care and adoption are two completely different things, by the way. Uh, my brother, taken from foster care, was 15 years old, had run away by the time he was 17 because he was so messed up from being in foster care for so long. Mm. Um, it's a completely different system that's run by the government. And I think a lot of people, kids in foster care probably end up there because their kids were stripped away from their parents and ended up in foster care, whereas adoption is more of a, uh, the parents couldn't afford to take care of or didn't, didn't plan to have the child. Wasn't so the they, right time. Right. So they go to, to an adoption agency, which is a privately run thing that, you know, it's, it's a totally different entity. So there are not any government-run adoption uh, agencies? I, that I don't know about, Ian. Uh, I, I, you know, I think largely I, I it's know private. That they're different. Largely That's why they call private. one adoption and one foster care, because it's a two different systems that I know. Right. Aren't they normally run by churches, that sort of thing, uh, the adoption agencies? Probably. Not probably. always. 
Like um, now, and uh, the other thing, one of my parents got me, uh, they didn't tell me I was adopted until I was about 11 or 12, and, hmm. and they, they pitched it to me, you know, they, told, they then sat me down and told me that I was an adopted child, and they told me that, you know, to help me settle with it, um, that you need to realize that you are very special, because most kids are brought into this world sometimes by accident, you know, sometimes by happenstance. You were chosen, and I have always felt very special. Because of that, yeah. you know, um, it, I was chosen by these parents. They had, they could have chosen any other kid, but they came in, they saw me, and they said, we want him. Right. Now, you would probably agree that uh, some uh, some children that are adopted have a real problem with the idea that they were adopted, and they, they think that, uh, especially if there's a... Uh, a I think society creates that. A natural, I, I think that the child creates it somewhat in their mind, too. And if there's a natural child in the house, and it can make it uh, difficult for them. I'm adopted, and I was told from it's, as long as I could remember that I was adopted and, you know, that I was chosen and the, the whole rigmarole that uh, you were talking about there. But I was just kind of wondering, I, I mean, what was, it was, must have been a shocking day in your 11th year when your parents sat you down and um, told you, you're not really our child. What was that like? No. I really can't remember it. it. It was not a shock to me because my parents, they were such um, great people, you know, just all around people. They loved everyone they met. I mean, uh, very uh, outward, you know, uh, loving people. So it didn't even faze me because, you know, I was already so theirs. And, and I, you know, I guess from that moment on and, and that moment and the whole time before, I was always their child. I never question that those are my parents. You I know, don't I th- have any other parents. I think that, uh, Mark, when you say that some kids are, uh, they look at themselves negatively in the, because they were adopted, that sort of they thing. They have self-esteem I, issues. I right. think a lot of that is, is brought on by the home that they're in. I mean, not all parents are like Don's uh, parents. They may actually sort of put the adopted kid on a second tier and treat them that way. In it which could case, happen. Which case I can totally understand Sometimes that. people will tell themselves little stories in their mind about um, something that's done or said that just simply aren't true. You know, or they could pick it up sure. from kids at school, or or whatever the situation is. I don't For think many that reasons, or they were adopted by a household that that isn't you know the most loving of households, and they end up in a in just a, a bad situation. Right. Um, I'm a huge you know, fan so. of adoption. Uh, I think it works out really well because, again, as you say, the people that are doing it are seeking it uh, seeking it out. Sort of like you know people going to adopt a dog or a cat. I mean, you're seeking out that relationship, and I think it's really valuable. And I I, I support it entirely. I mean, I have a vasectomy as of age 23, so if I ever want a kid, uh, that's the way I, w- I would go. Um, right. You know, so you're going to have to go. To finalize, I would say that ado- and I have nothing against abortion. I have nothing against adoption. I think um, politicians should not allow their personal opinions or beliefs uh, should not enter into their politics. So Ron Paul could have just as easily uh, chosen to, uh, if I was a politician and somebody asked me my personal beliefs, they are irrelevant to me doing my job. They would not affect my my job. But Ron Paul uh, actually mentioned my personal beliefs. Ron, Ron Paul actually believes that the uh, that uh, abortion should be a state to state issue. He doesn't believe that's, Roe versus Wade. He, he doesn't believe in it. That's one hundred percent right. That's I, I agree with that. 100%. I disagree it with it. Right. I don't understand why you disagree with that, Mark. Why do you think the federal government has should have any say in these life or death matters? It's not a federal issue. It's unconstitutional. I mean you. You're breaking with the Constitution here. The Constitution um, protects life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think in this particular instance, the states um, are likely to infringe on people's liberty in this particular area. So therefore, um, the federal government protecting that liberty of being able to get abortion, even though I don't agree with it, I think it's wrong. 
I think the federal government is in its right place. Don, there. thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site for free, bulletin board system there. We've got over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues and fun stuff. All found for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. We're going back to the phones here in a moment, but, you know, I just... I want to iron out this a little bit further with this whole states' rights uh, abortion issue. Not necessarily from the perspective of abortion, but from the perspective of states' rights. Mark, you're pretty um, you're pretty principled when it com- in general when it comes to uh, saying, uh, well, these laws shouldn't be handled at the federal level; they should be handled at the state level because. In principle, at least, uh, you know, the concept of federalism was that the states could configure themselves in slightly different ways in order to attract uh, certain types of populations to them, uh, in that there would be some level of competition amongst the 50 states. But your excuse for federal control of abortion, and remember, federal control of abortion can go in one of two ways. They can either control it. Or they can uh, protect, you know, protect people's Absolutely. ability to do it. I, I must say, and so but it, the federal control of the um, army can go one of two ways. They can use it against uh, enemies, um, you know, foreign, or they can use it against enemies domestic. So that, um, you know, simply believing that uh, the federal government should pr- protect a woman's right to choose is not uh, antithetical to the Constitution. Go ahead. Uh, well, you said that the federal government exists to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or property. Or property. And, uh, well, that's the alleged existence for all governments in America. So state constitutions allegedly exist for those reasons, too. And uh, those states voluntarily got into – or well, voluntarily. Anyway, those states got into uh, an agreement called the United States in order to make, I guess, trading amongst each other easier, or whatever the, the reasons were for that. Uh, but essentially, you're arguing for more central control. You're arguing for more centralization in this particular area, and I just think it's uh, it's folly, personally, because it, if you're going to allow the federal government to control this area of life and liberty, well, then maybe we should again allow them to control all sorts of areas of life and liberty, which is what they currently do. I think you really need to stick to principle here as Ron Paul is, even though he personally feels very strongly about the act of abortion, he understands that it is not the federal purview. I mean, do you think that you know more about the Constitution than Ron Paul? I think that people can um, interpret... The, the Constitution's written in plain English for people to interpret um, right. in, in their own manner. Um, the Constitution is not very clear on the subject of abortion. You know, in, uh, the, in the time that the Constitution was written, abortion was completely legal. 
Um, you know, states didn't have any laws over it. The federal government didn't have any laws or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, um, you know, at one time, states had laws, Jim Crow laws, that uh, discriminated against a certain class of, of, you know, a certain race of people. I believe the federal government was right in going in there and stopping those states from having those laws. Obviously, um, migration. Hold on, wait. You get you got your whole diatribe there. Obviously, migration didn't work. People, um, you know, black people did not leave the South and go to the North where they would have been treated better. Some um, of them did. Some of them did. Many, many, many of them did not. I think the federal government was within its purview to go in there and tell the states, look, you're violating these people's liberty. Um, Ron Paul's view of abortion uh, puts it in the state purview like he does any other crime. He's looking at abortion as though it is a crime, as though it is um, ending a life. I don't care how he looks at abortion. That's not an issue to me. Right. What's well, an issue is the fact that you're giving up the principle of, of uh, states' rights, this theory that you know, the states should be able to decide on these things because you believe the government has done one or two things right in the past. You know, the fact that the government no, stepped in. I believe that the government, um, the federal government, is there to limit the states when the states get out of line on handling um, issues of life, liberty, and property. But unfortunately, Mark, you can't use that. You can't utilize that as a principle because if you expand it out to its logical ends, the federal government will limit the states on every flipping thing they do, which is what we have today. Where you know, if you're saying, well, it's okay and it was good for the federal government to step in and force the states to, uh, you know, get rid of their Jim Crow laws or whatever it did in that case, or open the school in Alabama. Uh, okay, fine. You know, that may that may look good on the surface, but it destroys your principled perspective of well. You know, the federal government shouldn't get involved in this and this and this. And here's the war on drugs with uh, California. The people in California have made it very clear and and other states. The federal government is not protecting life, liberty, and property in the case of overarching on um, overreaching. Sure they are. They're protecting your life from drugs. No, they're not. Look, the the um, federal government can't protect my life when I choose to do something. I am the supreme authority on my life. The federal government is not. Well, sorry, but they disagree with you. When the state decides, when when a state government decides that it is a supreme authority over the federal government and me on my life, then the federal government needs to step in. No, the federal government needs to go away completely. Right. Well, that's what you think entirely, Ian. You right. don't think the federal government because should I'm exist, and you're and not. Somehow or another, I'm an unprincipled individual because I don't agree with you. Right, you are unprincipled because you believe in uh, federal intervention in state in state matters, and if you if you take that in one particular area, you can tr- tout all you want about how it's for liberty. If you take that in one area, it will inevitably be spread out in all areas, which is what we me, have today. You have not given me a working example of that being so, that I have not been able to slash to pieces. I'm sorry, I gave you the example of the war on drugs. Right, and I explained to you that I, when it comes to issues of liberty... You don't... Okay, the federal government isn't working in the way you intend it to work. You give one example from history of the feds doing something that was, you know, allegedly positive. And then there's all these other examples of the feds running roughshod over the states, over the concept of, uh, of individual states' rights... And you, you, I'm you saying that the federal government that. should do what the federal government is should do. I'm not saying that the federal government should do what it shouldn't do. It is doing a lot of things that it shouldn't do. I don't think that that in and of itself means that we should get rid of it. So what happens when the federal government changes its mind and decides that instead of protecting liberty, it's going to protect life and outlaw abortions? Um, in, in that particular instance, they've, uh, I have a philosophical problem with what they're doing. 
but they're doing what they're doing. I mean, they're doing what you're asking them to do and protect life, liberty, and uh, property. It's just that they believe that you're their property, right? And that, that, that life, your that life they, is theirs. That, that life, that life that they are uh, protecting in that particular instance is going to infringe on someone else's liberty, and that's wrong. Sounds like you've got a, con- a contradiction here. It sounds I don't. Like, sounds like in order to protect liberty, they have to infringe on certain people's rights to life, and that uh, is a contradiction, isn't it? Now, shouldn't we just allow the states to make their own decisions here? I mean, you no, said that you believed, I Mark. Don't. You said that you believed that if the states were no, in charge on, of this you really issue, think that the, do you really think that a state government? Do you think, you, Ian, do you believe that a state government has the legitimacy to make a decision for you um, for, for you or Julia um, whether or not she should have an abortion? Of course not. Oh, however, so you don't have any, um, you don't believe however, that not only the federal government doesn't have any legitimacy, legitimacy you don't believe the state government has any in that area don't. either. Nor does a local, nor does any government. Nope. So no what the hell way. are you arguing about? I'm arguing for the principle of decentralization. You are in favor of centralization when it comes to the federal government, and I am not. And I think it's folly, and I think it's, uh, I think it's problematic. And, uh, I'm only see. saying Where that the federal go? government should protect decentralization, Ian. That's a, that's a total contradiction. The federal government's existence is uh, contradicts uh, what you just said there. The fact that the federal government exists uh, does not protect... What are you the talking fe- about? The, well, the, because an individual is the one who's best able to make a decision for their own life, right. liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I want to go back to the point I was making before you interrupted. Oh, now, God. you said that... Uh, you said that you believe that if it were left in the hands of the states, that the states would go out and they'd make uh, abortion illegal. But some would, some wouldn't. Okay, so fine, you are admitting that some wouldn't. In which case, what's, what's the problem? What's the problem with that what, situation? What's the problem with uh, some states um, making it so black people can't vote and black people have to ride to the back of the bus and you know, all kinds of other stuff? What's wrong with that? Uh, well, obviously that uh, I have a problem with the state's existence in the first place. I'm not do. defending the state, okay, yes, Mark? Yes, you are. But uh, but I do think that we should have states competing for people instead of having one overarching federal government. I'm saying the competition in the past has not worked to protect. You didn't some give it a people. chance to work. The well, federal government stepped years. in. The federal government yeah, stepped in. Fifty years in. from 1860, whatever, when the Civil War ended, through uh, 1960, well, they had a hundred years. Didn't work. 800-259-9231. Centralization doesn't work, and I think it's sad that somebody who is allegedly in favor of freedom and liberty is supporting it. We'd love to hear what Julia thinks. 800-259-9231. It's sad that somebody who doesn't support governments is supporting state I government. don't. I'm just supporting baby steps to getting more freedom. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at the store. store Store.freetalklive.com. Great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like a variety of Free Talk Live hats and t-shirts and hoodies. And we've got other stuff, too, that I think you're going to enjoy. Head over to store com. that again store.freetalklive.com and place your order now through uh, throughout the last segment uh, it was a bit of a uh, duke fest sausage fest if you will as uh, Mark and, and I, I was criticized for not chiming in however how could I have chimed in on that just like you, you did right are, there by interrupting you me you guys are fighting like a married couple uh, so Mark and I went back and forth and we were talking I told you a business partnership is, is, is it's closer relationship yeah. than marriage the, the issue wasn't really abortion that was just sort of the uh, the side 
show. The issue is really the concept of centralization. Uh, states' is, rights. States' rights. You know, is it legitimate? And for... I am a huge proponent of states' rights. No, you're not. Yes, I have. You just completely uh, obliterated any sort of support for states' rights you might no, have I had. fully support states' rights in the area Except of the states. Except in the area of abortion. No, huh? it, the, the powers not given to the federal government by this constitution should be remanded back to the states and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to trounce your argument here in a moment, uh, but first uh, I, would li- I would like Julia to comment on this whole issue of, you know, should it be left up to the states? Should, should issues like abortion be left up to the states? Is, it, uh, is centralization a bad thing, or can, be, can it be used for good? Well, I've never given this particular issue much thought. Um, I guess offhand, my, I really, my real beef with government is with the federal government because it's so big and so powerful. And Harry Brown points out in his book, Government Doesn't Work, that when you give them a little bit of power... It's why government it, doesn't work. Exactly. What did I say? You get the why. Whatever. Oh, it's whatever. Go ahead. When you give them a little bit of power, it's only a matter of time before they start using it for other things. Mm -hmm. So my natural response is to say that at least with states' rights, if we only have states and we completely get rid of this federal government, or at least limit them from from doing this sort of thing, that the states are able to compete with each other. And that way um, there's reason for them not to get so big and so powerful. But Mark's concerned because uh, some states might do naughty things. And people won't leave. I don't know. I think that the probably... The, well, see, then my natural response would say, well, what if Kansas wants to... What if Kansas wants to outlaw abortion? Because a lot of people in Kansas probably do. But then I have a problem with that. I can't really say that because I don't think that the majority of people should be able to rule other over other people. Well, right. It's, I mean, you can't... So you, I can't you don't really want to defend the state. Exactly. So this is a difficult argument to have. So, okay, here's here's how I'm going to trounce you, Mark, on this one. Um, the the United States was allegedly a uh, a voluntary association, and it supposedly still is. Just the whole Civil War thing sort of threw that into question. Uh, the states, if they are, if you believe in states, and I don't, but it, the people calling themselves states went into an uh, they went to the Constitutional Convention or whatever. And they sat down and they came up with this Constitution for whatever their reasons were for doing it. And uh, they signed and, in. There was binding contract. Right. They signed in, um, but they also made a point. At least here in New Hampshire, they made a point of pointing out that they had the the right to withdraw from this union at any old time they wanted to to secede from the union if they decided that the union was uh, you know the the uh, United States government was no longer serving their interests as a state. Uh, they had the ability to leave. Now, obviously, they tried to do that. Some states did in uh, the 1800s didn't work out too well um and and that really is uh, that really speaks to how the federal government it completely loses control of itself and and uh, gets far more powerful than it was ever intended to do so so powerful to the point that they were using force in order to keep states in a union that they didn't necessarily want to be kept in so in theory now we've got some states that are looking at seceding from the union there was just a secessionist conference uh, just a couple of weeks ago here in america uh in such um, diversity states, such as Vermont and some of the southern states, were meeting together, people from those states, and talking about secession. So my question for you is, if indeed you believe the federal government is here to uh, you know, protect life, liberty, and property, and that it should be doing certain things uh, in that uh, particular arena, what if South Dakota decides they've had it up to here with this 
Roe versus Wade nonsense, in their opinion, and they are going to secede so they can outlaw abortion. They can have their own state all by themselves. They're no longer tied into uh, the federal government, and they go and outlaw abortion. Now then, do you support rolling in tanks? No, absolutely not. Why? Why? Because they're but not they're ma- doing something that's violating life, liberty, and property. No, no, no. I, and- there's lots of things. Um, lots of things happen in this world that uh, violate lo- life, liberty, and pro- um, property. What's happening? What's happening in Darfur is a violation of life, liberty, and property. I don't uh, support rolling tanks into foreign countries. If South Dakota mm-hmm. decides to secede, which is going to make a real problem with, for North Dakota, by the way, um, but you know, Alaska's not as, okay. Not as much. Uh, not as much of a problem as New Hampshire seceding for Maine. Um, Again, Alaska. Alaska's fine. Right. Okay. Alaska. Fine. Alaska decides to secede, which it seems unlikely for uh, the purpose of abortion. I do not support rolling tanks into foreign countries huh. to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, it seems strange then. You're sort of contradicting yourself in that you're saying you support the state's right to secede, no, the but you don't support the Constitution is the highest law in the land. Okay? That's what the federal so government the state... is there for. If okay, the, fine. If the, if the fine. state decides they don't want to be part of the um, um, federal government, then they don't have to abide by the Constitution. Okay, great. Well, then that's how we can get out of it, then. States should just secede instead of you know, having to try to do I believe through. in the right to secede for a state. Great. If, if a majority of the people in, in a so state... So then you do whatever, believe in states' rights, then? Yes, I do. As long as they're in the U.S. constitutional agreement, then you think it's okay. So you think it's okay for the feds to come in and force yes, states to do when, things. When you sign a contract, there are going to be provisions of that contract that you like more than others. Some states don't like the idea that the federal government um, says that abortion uh, is, is legal in all 50 states. That's just mm-hmm. a provision of the contract, what we call the Constitution of the United States of America, that they may not like. As long as you're on the same page, I think we're on the same page now. That's good to know. 800-259-9231. Julia, any other comments on this? Let's go to the phones. And talk to Patrick in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello, Patrick. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Um, on your mind? I have a question here about back when I was in school and college, I went to a college where the cops were completely out of hand. And we had one set around, and we had more students at the college than locals in the town. And we had always wondered if you could actually run someone who wasn't a police officer as a sheriff, and maybe just put in a sheriff that refuses to enforce any laws. In most places, yes. You don't have to have any qualifications to be a a sheriff other than having been voted in. I think most notably probably comes from uh, Florida in the Clearwater, Tampa area. There was a talk radio host. He's now on, uh, I think, XM. His name is Bubba the Love Sponge. He made some national news at uh, at one point. He actually ran for sheriff of Pinellas County. And uh, so, yes, it is possible, uh, obviously subject to local laws and local restrictions, but it is totally possible for the average Joe uh, to, with no policing experience to run a However, sheriff. good luck getting college kids to go out and vote. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not, that was 10 years ago. I'm talking about oh, okay. it was just an idea, but I thought it might be a good strategy to try to, maybe if you were in a small town in New Hampshire, that you could put in your own sheriff that just wouldn't enforce anything. Sure, you can do it that way because most sheriffs are elected um, uh, positions. But the other thing you have to remember is that uh, the sheriff's department and the city police departments are different. Uh, they aren't necessarily under the same auspices. So uh, you can, what you can also do, here's another approach, is you can run people for city council, and then the city council is in complete control of most cities. So what the city council can do is it can fire the existing 
existing uh, police chief and hire whoever it wants to uh, to replace him. So while the police chiefs aren't necessarily elected positions, if you can take control of a city council in that way, you could also put someone in who is uh, liberty friendly. Or you could simply give orders to the existing chief to say, look, uh, we're not going to give you any money anymore to prosecute any of these drug cases or any of these nonviolent uh, consensual crime cases. And if you try to prosecute one of them, we will fire you. So, you know, you can also put them on notice, basically, and have them do their jobs the way they're supposed to. Would it also work for a tax assessor? Could you stick a tax assessor in that just won't do anything? The uh, the city council, at least here in Keene, New Hampshire, has total control over uh, hiring and firing. They they can hire a town manager. They they hire the city manager, and the city manager can hire or fire any bureaucrat that works for the city. So absolutely, you can wow. do that. How many how many council guys do you have there in Keene? Fifteen. Fifteen of them, and uh, they're it's like a, a legislator. Oh. Right. There are, well, that's actually good because it's pretty easy to campaign here. We've spent less than 50 bucks so far in Julia's campaign. We've gotten and tremendous gotten tons results. of media attention so far. Right. So um, basically, we're hoping Julia will get elected this year. And then in 2009, hopefully we'll have a bunch more movers by that point, And we can run a full slate of candidates and really give the people of Keene a choice for the first time in, well, ever. That we know of. Thanks for the and call. It, hmm? Yeah, no problem. Oh. Is it a majority thing where you just have to get eight and you can start changing stuff? Or it's uh, I think in some cases they do need two thirds, uh, which would mean you'd need ten out of the fifteen. Uh, but there is still still things majorities can do, and even if you have a handful of counselors, that's going to be enough to shut down a bunch of new big government programs. If they're proposing new laws and new programs, two or three counselors might be enough to tip the scales. Even one might be enough to uh, tip the scales in the favor of liberty. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. So that's one, of, that's one of the things we're doing here is we are trying to utilize the system. There are people working outside of the system doing civil disobedience and that sort of thing. But here in New Hampshire, it's easier than most places to actually use the system. So we'll see how it works. We'll bring you the information as it develops. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Then again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls, and let's talk to Rudiger. I think that's how you pronounce it, at least in Illinois. Rudiger, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how you doing? Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, good. Um, What's on your mind? Great. What I what I wanted to comment on it kind of uh, kind of relates to what you were what you were speaking about. But this guy, I've been listening to podcasts, and this guy Eric, he's commenting about Emmeline Brown saying that if you refuse to pay your taxes, then he thinks you should be arrested and thrown into jail and mm-hmm. everything that goes along with that. And um, the thing is, is well, actually, uh, speaking of Harry Brown, there was a libertarian saying that he that I first heard from him. He said, "There's the difference between the mafia and the government is that the government has flags in front of its buildings." <laughs> I love that and, one. Yeah, it, it's kind of a funny saying, and, and the thing about it is, is you know, we can laugh, but it, I don't see where it's not true. Um, and you know, I guess to kind of flesh that out. As an example, uh, if, if there's a gang, like here in Chicago, there was Al Capone, and let's say he sets up shop in a certain geographical area, and, you know, you're subject to whatever rules that he makes, uh, and on and on. He sets up a protection racket, which is pay us uh, money, and then no one will hurt you. 
And then he also, let's say, you know, in addition to that, he throws in a few, you know, throws a few bucks to poor people and things. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he throws other services on top of that, okay? And then if I one day, if I said, hey, I don't want to pay this money anymore, you know, I'm just not going to do it, would that be immoral for me? And would Eric be cheering on Al Capone surrounding my house with guns and saying you're going to pay the money? Or actually, I guess, hey, you're going to go to jail or else we're going to come in and get you or, you know, and if you resist, then it'll come out to a shootout. I mean, what would Eric have to say to that? I mean, I think that really illustrates just how clear this really is and what government actually is. Well, I think that he would say, you chose to live there. You can leave if you want. You don't have to live in the mafia's territory. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that shows you how feeble that argument really is. Is that that really what he would say? And I I don't know. I don't mean to pick on Mark because, you know, I like you, Mark. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I don't, like, how could you, how could you promote a system that's like this? And I know you'll say that you don't promote it, but, you know, how could you go along with a system like this, just on, on principle, just morally? You know, what, which which system are you referring to? Do you think that um, from, oh, they're, they're you're taking the it from the, the point you're taking it from the standpoint that no government is legitimate um, and therefore, you know, but all wait, governments are despotic. There is a difference between government and the mafia besides the flags flying in front of the offices. And that is the government allows you to go in once every two to four years. You can go into a building somewhere. They hand you a piece of paper and then you get to pick the new mob boss. Well, at least they tell you you get to pick the new mob boss. Well, how so, lucky we are. Okay. So that apparently makes it legitimate, see? Okay, Mark, see, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I, I, you always corner <laughs> Ian with these things, and, and it's always funny to laugh at him when he doesn't have the best answer. But, Mark, really, like, if Al Capone came to my door, would you be saying that, uh, I mean, that you, that you uh, say the system is moral in any way or that we could keep the system going, you know? I, I don't look from um, – see, that's that's really the issue in it, uh, the difference between uh, ANCAPs and uh, libertarians. Is Free marketeer. I didn't call you uh, – I didn't use the terminology for you. I was using oh, okay. it for the caller. Gotcha. Um, is this moral thing. It's immoral. The government's immoral. Now, I would agree with you that governing people um, immoral. But from a practical standpoint, I simply be- I believe that it simply has to be done at some level. So what I'm, you know, I'm, what I'm falling back on is the smallest government we can have that still works. I'm willing to get to a smaller form of government, and then we can experiment and take a look at how much smaller we can make it. But I don't believe in pre- presenting people with free market, uh, uh, free market solutions to roads, free market solutions to police, free market solutions to the military. I think that these uh, concepts are so, um, you know, so abstract that it, it just causes people to shut down and say, yeah, I don't want to live in the world you're talking about. Goodbye. I could I could sort of understand where you're coming from because it really is so different than from what you know what we're raised uh, in our lives. We see it just seems like totally off the wall. But one point that I would like to make is that uh, you know people would say, "Oh, how would it work?" And then imagine uh, back in the 1970s, if somebody said, "How would a computer work?" And I mean, I'm sure this point has been brought up before, but mm. I have no complete no clue how my computer works. And but that's not even the point. I don't I don't even care how it works. The point is is that it works. And because right. there's people out there that I, have that incentive to make that work. You know? Imagine for a second you've never seen Los Angeles, and, and none of us have ever seen Los Angeles, and we're trying to get to Los Angeles. Look, I'm going to Vegas. Don't you want to get on my train and go with me to Vegas? 
Or do you want to just charge ahead and um, say bad things about the people that are just going to Vegas and they're not going all the way to Los Angeles? Unprincipled. Right? Chop the legs out uh, from underneath them and all that other stuff. It just, you know, I say leave all that stuff be. Computers were brought to us by a piece by piece, little by little bit of growth. And we were able to see that this makes sense. And all that's fine and dandy. First you saw a computer, then people could envision it working a little quicker and a little quicker and a little quicker. It wasn't all overnight. And I believe, you know, just talking about these um, abstract principles, really, it's counterproductive. Okay, that that makes sense. But I guess I I was really just sort of approaching Eric in in a way. And just Mm -hmm. anybody that has that sort of viewpoint, it's it's just, uh, I don't know, it's kind of second-rate type arguments that we've all been just, you know, well, I doubt, rammed into well, us since we're born. I, I doubt that, uh, that Eric would call it second rate, and he happens to be on the phone line right now, so Excellent. would you mind uh, doing a little conference action? All right, let's hear it. Let's bring him in. Eric in Michigan, you're on with Rudiger from Illinois. Eric in Michigan, are you there, sir? Hello, gents. Hey, did you hear his question for you earlier? Question? Yes. And uh, what, what, did you, uh, what did you have to say to that? The point about interesting. Well, actually, I believe that I believe in a free market because I believe that if you, if the mafia sets up a system and they have hegemonic control in that system, you're not going to overthrow the mafia. The mafia's got more power than you do. It's going to be a very uh, violent and bloody struggle, and it's probably not going to turn out in the end in your favor. Here's a better idea. If the mafia is controlling an area and forcing you to pay taxes, but you can still leave that area, leave. That's the free market system. If you don't like the way it is, go somewhere else. And by the time their base drops out, they're going to have to change tactics or die. That's free market in action. That's capitalism. Uh, that's that's the. I mean, that's not that's not the free market at all. Because what every. I mean, of course, everywhere else on the earth, where can you go where there isn't government? Uh, right. The free market. You know, there are right. these other mafias. If everywhere you went, there were these other mafias. Uh, then what are you supposed to do? Okay, yeah, I'll pick the best mafia I'm under, and, and then move. from there. You should move to a system that's most like the one that you want and then try to change it internally because it's a fallacious argument to say that, oh, I can't go somewhere where I'm completely free. You're never going to find somewhere that's completely free, especially in a private market like Ian suggests because everywhere will be owned and you're never going to be happy because you'll never be able to be uh, completely free and that doesn't uh, make all other systems illegitimate just because you can't find an empty piece of property. But I'm talking about the morality of it, and and even even if uh, the mafia situation was that if I'm if I'm in Chicago here and Al Capone is surrounding my place, I'm saying, uh, are you saying to me, hey, well, this guy shouldn't have paid, this guy should have moved. You go, you should you should be paying Al Capone. What are you thinking? No, no, not at all, not at all. But that's what your you. that's what your argument was before. I'm telling you you that if it's a bad system and you don't want to pay into that system, and I suggest that you don't pay Al Capone, I suggest you leave and go somewhere that's got a better system and then try to change that system. But wouldn't wouldn't it be legitimate to fight back against Al Capone? I mean, as far as he's coming and threatening you and your livelihood and your family most likely and your business, uh, wouldn't it be okay to shoot his thugs and go after Al himself? I'm not certain. I think it depends because if you're living there by choice, and you're getting something from him in return. You're not getting not something run. from him. You're getting uh, his thugs not coming and smashing up your store or killing your wife. Uh, the the no, caller did, uh, um, did mention Al throwing uh, some nice things to poor people. He's, he's not providing you with anything if you pay him, though. He's, he's just providing you with not beating you up, and that's not a service. The government no, provides no, 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 services. No, no. Okay, okay, whether well, or not I'll, you're happy I'll, with I'll, the services is a different matter. 
Okay, well, yeah, I'll grant you that. Okay, let's say that one day he brings by a gift basket, I take it, and uh, then what? Then it's okay that he comes to my door and surrounds <laughs> me and says, hey, you're going to pay the money? That makes you happy, then yes. Guys, I've got like three other points. We got yeah, I know. You called in for a different reason. Rudiger, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks, Eric, man. we'll bring you back because uh, you were actually not calling to respond to him. You just happened to be on the line. We'll bring back uh, Eric and take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. Anything you want goes. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. It's shrine.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. As we go back to Eric in Michigan, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live, Eric. Hello again. I'd first like to speak about your position on abortion, and then secondly on state secession. And I'm trying to pick which one to do first so that you won't cut me off on this. uh, It gets a little bit venomous. (laughs) Uh, First, I'd like to start with abortion, I think. Whose position? Ian's. Ian's position on abortion. You are promoting localized fascism uh no i'm just uh, promoting the se- the decentralization of government i would uh, like to abolish all government if possible but i certainly don't want one centralized government when there could be 50 of them uh, that are much smaller if the central government is sanctifying a freedom though and you are talking out against that freedom you are uh you know putting in in your vote for local fascism. No, I've never saying, talked out okay. against that freedom. I've never talked out against the freedom to go and uh, and control your own body. I'm absolutely in favor of a woman's right to choose, uh, and I would continue to be in favor of that. I'm just not in favor of a bunch of bureaucrats in uh, Washington, D.C. making decisions for uh, for the, the people in all the, the states. Then why are you in favor of bureaucrats in Lansing making decisions for me? I'm not. I'm not in favor of that either. Well, then I don't think you should speak for states' rights. You should speak for citizen rights. And it seems very... I don't sp- you can't have... You, oh, hold on a second. Let's get our terms straight. You can't have a citizen without a state. The uh, definition of citizen is uh, an individual who, who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. The state actually doesn't actually have an obligation to protect you, so right. therefore there is no citizen actually. The whole concept is bunk in the first place. I apologize. Personal rights. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, I've just taken that position for the sake of arguing against Mark's uh, position in favor of centralization. Okay. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, next, I, I'd, next rather point. See, I'd rather see the government protect, protect freedoms than allow smaller governments to abandon Government by its nature cannot protect freedom. It's, uh, it's a paradox. Well, you see, can. governments... No, governments, uh, governments were allegedly formed to protect, as Mark says, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. However, in order to do those things, it must, in, uh, it must violate life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in that it can only fund itself uh, on a coercive basis, otherwise it wouldn't be a government, yeah. and so therefore, yeah, in order to fund itself, it has to violate its first principle. So it's a paradox. Taxes which are collected from citizens who live there voluntarily. Next point. Um, <laughs> as the state, the state secession. There's 50 states, and they all signed up, or most of them signed up anyhow, with the full knowledge that the other ones were coming in too. So they formed a union with the understanding that the rest of the states were going to be there. This means that one individual state can't just choose at some point to say, I'm going to leave without the approval of the other states which it signed in with. 
I don't believe that to be the case. Uh, and in fact, uh, New Hampshire state government doesn't uh, agree with you. They have a right to secession uh, enshrined in the state constitution. I believe Texas also has a similar uh, right to secession, but I'm not positive on that one. I disagree with that because it's not fair. Well, it doesn't matter. The Constitution, I mean, if you believe in governments, then you believe in constitutions as the highest law of the land. No, I don't believe that uh, constitutions are necessarily always right. Oh, I agree with you. If you live in a system voluntarily, you should follow the rules of that system. That doesn't mean they're right. You can try to change it. You should still try to follow most of the the rules. The Constitution isn't exclusive of secession. It's not a contract that says now that you've uh, now that uh, a a majority of the states it wasn't actually all the states that signed on mm-hmm. but a majority of the states uh, sign on to this that's this is the binding contract. Remember that every one of the states seceded from the Articles of Confederation in order to sign the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So should the um, American government have then attacked the state the states that signed on for the Constitution? I actually don't know enough historically to argue that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just making the point that um, I believe in the right of, uh, of a, you know, the right. If a state can have a right, I believe that the state has the right to secession. I also amorphously believe that a person has the right to secede, but that a state would then have the right to uh, squash them like a bug if they came off their land. States can't have rights. <laughs> uh, only individuals have rights. Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, I think that'll do it for tonight. Thanks for the call, dude. <laughs> By the way, welcome to the BBS. Uh, I noticed you signed up there recently, and uh, he's been posting online. Yep. and Torturing uh, the crap out of our BBS. Well, somebody you know, needs to do it. They bring it on themselves. Thanks for the call, dude. <laughs> 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. Let's go to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. I just wanted to touch base on you with what you're talking about, uh, Succeeding from the union and all that. I mean, it's seceding. Though we would like to succeed at seceding, if that makes any sense. Sorry. Well, yeah, but all I'm saying is that if um, 80% of America already disagrees with George Bush and Washington D.C.'s policies, mm-hmm. and, but the way they're uh, trying to turn everything into major turmoil is, I mean, if we disagree, if 80% of the country disagrees with them, haven't we already seceded from the Union in a way? Well, in your head, maybe, and that's nice. Uh, It's a nice concept. Uh, And by the way, uh, the last numbers I saw, the Congress uh, congressional approval ratings, 11% approve of what Congress is doing. So it's actually more like 89% of America is against what the government's doing in in, uh, D.C. And governments have proven uh, time and again that they don't like this whole secession thing very much and that they're willing to use violence um, against their their own citizens who have uh, decided to secede. So... What a citizen who decides to secede has to be prepared to do is to take up arms against the government. Like Ed Brown. I don't recommend such a thing. I think it's a bad idea simply because, well, you'll lose. Well, but, it's kind of, the, thing is, the thing is, guys, is that um, I'm... Hello? Jeremy? Jeremy's on his own. them, so, I mean, the people have pretty much succeeded from our own state governments. So where does that leave the law after that? Well, all we need to do is get those people that are so upset to do something more than secede in their own heads. They have to get active. They have to get on the ground. There has to be grassroots activism, uh, both, again, civil disobedience and political. And that's why the New Hampshire uh, Free State Project is going to work. I I don't know. Mark, you you say you don't like to talk about secession. You say you don't like to talk about uh, true principled liberty. But we're going to continue talking about it.
about it because oh, these, I know ideas, you are. these ideas are powerful. I don't propose powerful. to stop you from talking about right. things. These, I... these ideas are powerful, and they do get people's attention. Whether or not they agree with them right off the bat, they do spark interest, they do spark conversations, discussions, and that's what we need to do. We need to get Americans talking about these ideas, the ideas of freedom again. Whether or not they agree right up front is not a concern of mine. Jeremy, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I think we're all moving in the right direction here. And, uh, and I mean, Julia, I mean, how do you feel about this? Uh, talking about the, the principled side of the issues and moving conversation in that direction. Well, I actually have ha- sort of dealt with this today. Um, one of my coworkers, actually one of my bosses, asked me what my position was on public schools because it's mm. come up recently. She's in my ward. I'm running for city council here. And it's come up recently. She means government schools when she says that. Yes. And I told her that that it was a little difficult for me to explain in a short amount of time that I really needed a, a while to get my point out. And I also, basically I explained to her that there was sort of two positions that I had. Mm-hmm. One was from a moral standpoint and the other was from a practical standpoint. And And so I sort of gave her both of them and said like, well, this is what I believe morally. However, I realize that that's a little radical for some people, and it's a little hard to see how we can get from here to there. So here's how I think we should transition to that. Can you expl- maybe explain that a little bit in uh, further detail when we sure. come back? 800-259-9231. Uh, by the way, Julia here is a uh, – the reason why you're being asked these questions is that you're running for office uh, for a city councilor here in Keene, New Hampshire – and uh, the campaign's been going remarkably well so far. We'll come back and uh, share a campaign story and uh, hear from you about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, uh, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your download and convenience. Enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Com. Uh, so Julia is running a campaign for city councilor here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and it's been going surprisingly well so far. We've had just a, a blitz of media activity, and some of the media um, appearances that you've made will be being posted over at freekeen.com, which uh, we're going to put up the uh, let's see the video that was done recently of you, also the audio interview with Gardner Goldsmith on his show. That's all going up within the next couple Somebody days. Somebody called me at work today and asked me for an interview. A local TV show here. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, so your campaign's really starting to blow up, and it's, in my opinion, because you aren't mincing words. It's, in my opinion, because you aren't uh, hiding behind the shield of eh, wimpy, slight reform solutions. You're not one of these people that's getting in there. You're not afraid to sign the small government pledge. In fact, you're the only candidate, only candidate in the entire city council, all of, of all the races, that has signed a, a pledge that essentially says, I'll vote small government every issue, every time, no excuses. Every other candidate has an excuse. I've, I've, ca- I've called them all and I've asked them all to sign this pledge, and they all have an excuse. Well, what if we need to do this and this and this, and what if the EPA 
comes in and da da da. You know, you're the only person with the courage to do that. You've come right out and you've called central planning communistic. You've taken some heat for it already. Um, you know, the fact is, you're getting. I, in my opinion, you are getting attention because you are a radical. And so, what was your radical response, if you will, when your coworker came up to you and asked you about government schools? What? Um, just elaborate on that, if you would. Well. I told my coworker because it's a boss of mine and we have a great relationship and I do not like to talk politics at work. I don't ever talk politics at work, which is one of the reasons I was sort of hesitant um, sure. because I didn't I were, we were, live here in a pretty small city. It's close knit type community. People a lot of people know each other mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people from where I work and I was very concerned about how this would affect my reputation at work. Hasn't and really hurt you so far. No. So far, it's been really positive. I've had customers that I know and customers that I don't know saying things. Despite a negative hit piece blog that was posted about you. So, I mean, yeah, the, the I attacks actually, have already begun. Right. The attacks have begun, but I haven't really seen an effect, though. You know, it could be just people who aren't saying anything. My regular customers still talk to me. They still smile at me. So, if they if they hate me because I think I'm crazy, they're not making it obvious. So, I guess I'm okay with that. My radical answer, I guess, was to completely eliminate the government from public education. You came right out with that? Yes. Okay. Because that's what you believe. It is what I believe. And I told her that. On a moral standpoint, I absolutely believe in the government not controlling the schools. And Mm -hmm. she was like, so you think that the government shouldn't be involved in any way with regulating or funding education? And I said, absolutely not. But then I, I explained my position, and I, I cited sources and that sort of thing. And I you know I went to school to be a teacher. I went to school to be a government teacher, mm-hmm. and I spent time in government schools. So, and this lady, fortunately, she had no children, and so I took it from the point of property taxes. Like, how is it fair that you have to pay the same amount of, in property taxes as this lady down here who has 10 kids in the school system? It's just not right. And she agreed with me. So the less radical way to take that, I said, you know, I understand that that seems a little uh, drastic. It's totally different system from what we have right now. And so the trouble is, how do we transition from what we have now to what we have then? That is the trick. Yeah, it's very tricky. And so there's a couple of solutions there. Some people think vouchers are the way to go. No. I think that vouchers are a better system than what we have now. I would agree. No, it's not a better system because uh, <laughs> when you when you have a voucher system, you are essentially creating a new government bureau in order to administer the voucher system. They're going to have to hire more government bureaucrats. I am not in favor of a voucher system at all. I'm in favor of getting the government completely out of education. Right. However... I think that a voucher system is much better than what we have today. So no, it's not good because uh, when you get uh, private schools on vouchers, they're taking government money. Uh, and you know what happens when government but, holds money out. They, there's a carrot and there's a stick, and that stick, you know, there, there are going to be regulations that come along I'm with that I'm not arguing with you at all. I agree with you. However, I well, still just think tell, it's I'm superior that, well, you're not than what we have me. You're saying that you think it's superior, but I'm telling you it's not because it's going to destroy the uh, efficacy of the private schools. It's going to turn private schools into welfare queens from the government. That's an awful idea. Anyway, well, that's not the idea I gave. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) So the word I like to use, I like to use like a transition from the way it's funded now to user fees. 
That sounds excellent because you still get your same great government programs. You get the police department, you get the firefighters, and all, all of the, the good poor, stuff. What about the poor, What about the poor? Well, Mark likes to point out that there's if we are really trying to just help the poor, why don't we have a system where we give scholarships to poor kids? And we let everybody into public schools no matter what. And so I pointed out that, you know, if we if taxes were lower and property taxes in this area, 60% goes just to the public school system. Mm-hmm. And this is a small area. They spend $13,000 per student here. Crazy. It's incredible. Yes, and they're not per- outperforming. So no, I that's a out, lot more than what they spent down in Florida. It's a pretty good school compared to uh, Florida, though. I mean, you Florida know. had some of the worst schools in the country. It's known for having the worst schools in the country. So anyway. So I pointed out that while taxes would be lower, if we, I mean, your taxes could go down by 60% instantly if we that's got tremendous. rid of the school system. That would save me 2500 bucks a year. Exactly. And so everybody would have more money in their pocket. They would be able to afford to send their children to school. And I pointed out that private schools spend way less money and outperform. There so, you go. Well done. Doing a fine job out there. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. Ampline Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, hey. Uh, I just want to talk to you guys about a project that I've been working on to help sort of promote Free Talk Live and sort of an opportunity for uh, the listeners who know how to use the wiki. Okay. Is the wiki that hard to use? I didn't really think it was that difficult. No, I don't know. It's, it's, it's you know, a little bit technical. It's not incredibly difficult. I okay. think pretty much anyone could pick it up. Yeah, uh, if you dive in, you can sort of learn by example and, and learn by what others have done, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, it's not any sort of... Anybody who has learned the wiki has learned the wiki specifically because they wanted to learn how to use a wiki. So, I mean, it's a, it's a specific sort of talent that one, if, you know, picks up in order to pick it up. Okay. So, um, what I have started is I sort of have started something uh, where I wanted people – Free Talk Live is sort of notorious for having subdomains, which means that, you know, you can go to something uh, dot – freetalklive.com. Right. You I mean, can go to of, poll.freetalklive.com. Right. Ex- exactly. You know, everything on our on our menus for our website has a that.freetalklive.com. In, in fact, uh, you should, uh, just as an insert, you should go to poll.freetalklive.com because Johnson has put up several uh, demographic-related polls. Uh, so if you go now to poll.freetalklive.com. They're all at the will, top of the list. Right. It will take you to the polling section on our BBS, and you've put up at least six, maybe more, uh, polls with asking various different demographics questions. And uh, you're, we're very interested in your responses to that. So uh, exactly. just as an aside. I'm sorry. Go or, ahead. Or if you're thinking about doing some shopping, you should go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Right. So that's what a subdomain is. So go ahead. Well, uh, what I've done is I, I've started this sort of project where I want to um, ask, you know, the five questions that they always tell you in school when you're learning to write, you know, uh, who, what, when, where, how, and why. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of would like to uh, have that going on for our little subdomain. So what, one of the projects that I've started is what is .freetalklive.com. And I started it a while back and posted it on the BBS, but didn't really uh, spend a lot of time trying to get attention for it. And what I want to see there, and I didn't really explain it very well, is I would like to see you, you know, our, our listeners sort of go in and sort of just talk about what they feel Free Talk Live is or what Free Talk Live is about. I mean, it's, it's a wiki entry, so it's definitely editable. And I put some videos up there, and I'd just like to see some people kind of participate and, and uh, you know, talk about 
Free Talk Live. I think it's a great idea because it would be sort of the listener version of our Free Talk Live about page. There's a short paragraph on our official website uh, which tells what the show's about, but this would allow the listeners to uh, explain their viewpoint on what Free Talk Live is. I have an idea for sending a lot of traffic through that page. So, uh, you know, I hope people participate and put in their two cents. Cool, dude. That's whatis.freetalklive.com. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then AMP up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is... Since we give everything to you on our website for free, we're just asking you for a few bucks a month. can do it with any major credit card, PayPal account, some other options are there as well. Uh, but it makes a big difference for us because hundreds of our listeners have decided to become Free Talk Live amplifiers, which means that we've got a couple thousand bucks coming in a month, and that money's going right back into the show. It's going right back in. It's not going to paychecks. It's going into promoting Free Talk Live. It's going into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. We just got our 31st station on this week, and... It's pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, three years ago, we had two stations. So uh, this progress has been made possible by listeners like you. I mean, we're out there doing our thing, too. Mark, you're selling advertising and everything. But the fact is the AMP program has allowed us to move faster uh, with getting more stations on board with the show. It's, it's just a fact. It's very successful. And uh, we really need your help if you like the show because you get some perks, too. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room and forum. All of the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's jump into the email box here, Mark. You had something you wanted to get to, I think it was last night, sort of been putting it off, a pregnancy-related email. Because right. your wife is pregnant. My right wife now. is pregnant. Uh, she, what, about five months, four months? I like don't that? know what how many months it is. Uh, I know what the due date is. When's that? I've got that nailed down. It's somewhere between the 4th uh, and the 6th. They can't... Uh, of what? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, March. Gotcha. Of 2008. Okay. <laughs> anyway... Um, I have, you know, I've I put together an agreement with my wife uh, where it has been written out at this point. Ooh, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope that you're going to bring this up because I have something funny to tell you about what somebody at work had to say about your agreement. Okay, good. Um, my agreement is not written. I don't think that it's a uh, verbal makes... agreement. Yeah, it's a verbal agreement. You don't think that people can make verbal agreements? I think they can, but uh, I know I don't know about you, but I forget things sometimes, and I don't know if I'll necessarily agree to. You know, I might agree to it then, and then later on forget that I agreed to it, and then you get in a messy situation. I think you can. I think when uh, you have a complex agreement, it's very good to write it down. Mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, written agreements and inside a relationship can be, you know, sometimes they can test the relationship a little bit. Like, this is a relationship. This isn't a business relationship. What are you doing in contracts? You know, that kind of thing. I think that sometimes that can be the that case. That would tell me something about the my, the person I was in a relationship with if they, if they took that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I decided that... It, you don't trust me. You want my name on a piece of paper. Well, hmm, I wonder why. Um, I don't think there would Ian have been... Ian has some issues with trust, so, you know... I don't think there would be any problem getting my wife to sign this particular agreement. It's just that it's very simple. I okay. don't want to get up in the middle of the night and take care of a baby. Um, I, I, I'm just not looking for that. I have a difficult time going to sleep. If I do manage to get... And my wife doesn't. If I do manage to get to sleep, the last thing I need is to have to get you up... You better buy a nice pair of earplugs, because that baby's going to cry in the middle of the night, and you're not going to get any sleep anyway. Well, I don't know whether uh, you know how well I sleep. But... Okay. Um, you're right. Be that as it may. 
So I made an agreement with my wife that we, if, if we have this baby that you want to have, right. I don't have to take care of it in the middle of the night. I'm willing to take care of the child when it's convenient for me to take care of the child. Um, you know, but I have a job. It's important to me that I be able to work. I can't be, um, you know, taking care of the kid all the time, and I can't be getting up in the middle of the night. Essentially, this is like a child getting a dog. You got to take care of. The, you've got to take care mm. of Fluffy if we're going to get Fluffy. We can have Fluffy, but you've got to feed him. You've got to walk him. You know, like those. Those are the things. You're um, going to help during the day, just not nighttime. Right. I have intention of being a dad, but I don't have the intention of being the um, majority caregiver in this particular um, instance. And uh, she agrees, understands, and um, you know she had some stipulations. Well, if I'm sick or something like that. Mm. You, you know, it might be a good thing if you got up. And I'm like, that's fine. If if we're talking about uh, just every once in a while, if you're feeling ill and something like that. Yeah, what if she gets sure. uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or whatever uh, it is? Postpartum? Yeah, postpartum. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do if she gets postpartum. I don't know what we're going to do if she gets cancer, Ian. Mm. So, um, you know, when... But, catastrophic things happen, the relationship has to be able to uh, handle that. Okay. Perhaps I'll just kick them both out on the street. What do you think? <laughs> that would be not nice. <laughs> yeah. God, so it's so strange. Just All pointing right. out, there are a lot of women that get this postpartum stuff to some extent. It may not be really harsh. It may not be as, uh, you know, to the point where she wants to kill the baby, but it may be to the point where she doesn't want to do anything. Well, That's she's all. already to the point where she wants to kill me, so it's no big deal. Oh, great. Really? So, uh, this is the, no, she's, she's fine. Uh, she, she more is time for Julia on a here. little bit more emotional than she normally is, but I must say that when my wife's a little bit more emotion, emotional than she is, she's still less crazy and nutty than a lot of women okay, that I've known. Anyway, this is an email from Fish, and he says, Hey, Mark, I just heard today that you're pregnant. <laughs> and uh, congrats. My question to you, uh, though, is, did she sign that contract, and would you be willing to share the details of that contract with us on air? In addition, perhaps the story in Problems and Concerns, you and your wife had uh, coming up with uh, this contract. I'm like Ian. Uh, well, not a big fan of kids. However, I am not willing to make my wife go without having children her whole life. Most of my concerns revolve around things that happen in the early stages of a child's life, such as midnight feedings. I'm going to refuse to do diapers, for instance. Mm, period. At all. Wow. Re- regardless of time of day. Um, when I, I, I read, by the way, read this email Good to my luck. wife, and she said, he's nuts. Yeah. Um, of course, I'd like to also add that anybody that I've ever talked to about this agreement that I have with my wife says, you're nuts. I'm nuts. Yeah. yeah, I had somebody at work who said that you're a jerk. Not only are you crazy, but you're also a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, but, but what if I don't want to have kids? Right. And I, I stood up for you. Mm-hmm. I explained it. I said, look, they both are in agreement with this. His wife is okay with this because she wants a kid, and he doesn't. Not a big deal. I don't understand what this the problem is. This is the new is. breed of feminist yes, out there. Yes, that's exactly what I it's said. The feminist that says the man should do whatever the hell the woman says yes. because she has two X chromosomes. Exactly. Somehow or another. And it's ludicrous. Look, I don't want any kids. What if I, I have the right... And I'm not a jerk for doing it to go down tomorrow and get a vasectomy if I want to do such a thing. And then what? I I said exactly what you said that this is just a new this is this new feminism stuff. She's mm-hmm. taking a class, a woman's study class right. right now. So she's all about that. She kept saying that you were just trying to cop out. There's too many kids who are growing up without fathers. I said he's the kid's not going to grow up without a father. I, uh, look, this this gal has no idea. Yeah. The vast majority of children um, who are people that are alive today were likely taken care of almost exclusively at night by their mothers. 
You know, what? this is not that this does not mean that their fathers were absent as a result. Right. Well, she she was just went on and on about what a, how that's just not right. I said, well, if it's right for her and if it's right for him, who are you to say it's not right? And she just, a know-it-all, yeah. busybody, <laughs> she would authoritarian, not budge. yep, future governor. Well, <laughs> this is the uh, the girl. She's she's a really nice young lady, but she's got she's a little skewed. She's she's getting married to some army dude who's just a real jerk, and and he told her that she should get a government job because can't can't beat those bennies. Yep, oh boy, it's a yeah, good so. good pay, and you can never possibly get fired. Where are we right. email? So Fish goes. Uh, I've I've always considered that uh, later in life, when I'm faced with this decision, whether or not a contract such as the one you've described would be a good idea. I've told others my position on contract pregnancy, and they've called me nuts. I'm very interested in the progression of events that led up to this. Current details, as well as um, an ongoing, up-to-date, how well it's working. If all this is uh, personal and not for radio material, that's fine. I just wanted to see if uh, it would be an option. Looking forward to your analysis. I, you right, know, so we, we're going to get periodic updates from you on that's, that. Yeah, obviously. How else could we uh, possibly progress? Right. I, I, you know, my my life is uh, generally exposed on the air. Yeah, everything's Yours, fine. Not so much. Everything's fine uh, up until the baby comes out, and then things are going to change. So we'll see what happens with uh, with Mark's personal life. Should be very interesting. Well, you know, um, basically, I, it was it was pretty clear in the relationship. I'm not ready to have a kid. I'm not. I don't want right. to have a kid. Like I made it clear, I don't want a child. So that's good. I think dealing from the position that, uh, look, I'm not really interested in having this child, but I wouldn't want you to live life without having one, darling. So here's what I propose <laughs> is, is the way to go about it. Yeah. Um, if that's what if that's how you feel. By I'm the way, sh- you mentioned vasectomy earlier, mm-hmm. and I have to say I feel like that was one of the best decisions I ever could have made in my life. Um, because, well, it helped attract Julia to me. She, uh, one of the reasons she came uh, and was attracted to me is because I had a vasectomy. It's very, very hard to find a young man who has a vasectomy. So, well, yes, Jewel, if you are, uh, most if, urologists won't do it. If you have, a, if you get yourself a vasectomy, um, then you might just attract yourself a very wonderful uh, companion. Anyway. Or people might look at you like you're nuts. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't care. <laughs> they no. can look at me it like I'm nuts. It puts the onus in control on me. I decide when I want to have a child. I think I I I I think that Ian has a good solution here. I I can't fault it too much. He understands that if he wants a child, he can adopt. There are lots of great kids out there that need uh, families, and you know it's a good thing. Hey, by the way, I don't know what it's like in uh, other places in the country, but the first urologist I went to was willing to do it. They tried to talk me out of it, but they tried to do that to everybody. Uh, All right. Hey, by the way, uh, quick alert. New York people, tomorrow is the deadline to register as a Republican if you want to vote for Ron Paul in the primary. So don't procrastinate. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 